People with ADHD and all mental health are looked down on by the world around them, but we will protect you here. We exist to motivate you, to inspire you, to listen and love the story you want to tell. We are here to understand you and to help you gain the confidence to truly be yourself. And you just might be more powerful than you think you are. Make no mistake, we've got your back. Welcome to Lobal Spark, something for someone. Spartans, what is your profession? Welcome to season eight of Lobal Spark, igniting new sparks. Lobal Spark is proudly sponsored by Feather. Feather your impact with Feather CRM. If you need help managing your online relationships, go to www.feathercrm, all one word, .io. Lobal Spark has started a fundraising effort for Crisis Text Line. We have a goal of $19 per episode as $19 supports one person in their time of absolute crisis with their mental health. $19 an episode is the goal, but just $1 would mean so much. If you would like to donate through our fundraiser titled Lauren's Infinity, the link is listed in the episode's description. Lauren lost her life to mental health three years ago. She was my wife's best friend and close to so many. Lobal Spark is supported by the help of Terry Shubilla, Claire Simpson, Leo Guinan, and Kirk Hofstrom. Without those four people, this podcast could not exist. Today's group episode centers around the topic of ADHD and finances. Money management is something that people with ADHD often struggle with, and it can have a severe impact on their lives. Join us for this conversation as we discuss what each of us use in order to help our individual ADHD manage money better. We discuss our struggles, our successes, and as always, what we are recently most proud of. ADHD friends featured in this episode are Terry Shubilla, Leo Guinan, Kirk Hofstrom, Casey Elliott, Grace Banyan, and Jesse James, with a special video appearance from Raw Creature as well. Together, we are something for someone. So this topic uh, was brought up by Terry, and it was on ADHD and finances. And mother of God, do I need y'all's help. Because I am the worst ever of all time with, with finances. Uh, and we're just going to go through and give a little bit of what our struggles are and provide some tips so that those out there listening can maybe try something that, I don't know, is new. Why don't we start it off? And Terry, if you could just give a little bit of the reason why you chose it, and we'll go from there. Okay. So I actually am a certified financial counselor in my job. And, um, you know, I, I've been doing it for a couple of years and a lot of times I will get people in all of the jobs that I've had in my company. I, I've gotten people that want to share with me and kind of break down. I always have to push the tissue box over, you know, and, um, with, with financial counseling, especially because that's, that's before it comes to wealth management, investing or anything like that. This is budgeting, credit building or repair, um, maybe consolidating to help, you know, so you're not spending a thousand dollars on 
payments every month when you could really only be spending $600 on payments for everything or helping people see where their money is going. Um, so I get a lot of people that they're in very stressful situations, which the money situation is so stressful the way it is. And like, this is something that's offered free through my company to our members. So it's not like, okay, you have to pay or you have to, you know, sign up for this or that or the other thing. It's completely free, but people are still hesitant to ask for that help because they, there's such a stigma with like money. Like don't talk about money. Um, there's so many people and I've even seen it in my industry, like very, well, we'll just pay your bills. We'll just pay your bills, you know? And thank God I'm the one who did this. Um, so I get, you know, people with all those situations, I get people that, um, are depressed and maybe they are depressed because of something that's gone on, like a, a death in the family. And, you know, they haven't been able to pay their bills and they just don't know how they got behind, or maybe they have chronic depression and it's always been a struggle or this money situation is making them depressed. And, you know, a lot of times my meetings go from the money to the, whatever situations that they're in right now. And that's, that's kind of, I kind of spend a decent amount of time with them on that. Um, the reason I brought this up a month or two ago to, to do as a group thing is because I had just had one of my sessions and I was just like, like my heart was ripped out. Um, I'm not going to give away like too much because, you know, confidentiality and everything, but I was with a woman who is the mother of two young kids and she needed help with budgeting and everything like that. And she, you know, she had kind of started talking about how her, her children have ADHD. And I was like, okay, well, you opened the door for me. So I'm going to tell you, cause I'm, I'm not quiet about it. Like I'll say it, I'll, you know, I'll be at a business function at a work event. I'm like, oh yeah, I got ADHD, you know, whatever. At this point, like, if you don't like me, I'm, I'd rather know now. And, uh, so, you know, then I told her that I have it, that I didn't find out until a couple of years ago. And she was like, I think I do too. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I will help you, you know, we'll get you a budget that works for you. There are going to be some, you know, some things that are going to have to be cut and you you know, look at this, that, and the other thing. We have the spreadsheets and whatnot for the budgeting templates and savings plans. Um, and I was like, but you, you should really like call your healthcare, your insurance company and see what kind of psychiatry they have that really wouldn't cost you too much. So then you're not adding that pressure onto you because you like, you're going to need help with that. And getting your finances in order is not going to fix the mental health. Like it, it could help because then it could open up some access, but it is like, you're not going to fix your finances and then everything's good and you're happy. And, uh, and she said that, you know, she would, but she's already paying. I, I forget how much, but you know, 50 bucks a pop each time her children go to therapy for their ADHD. And she really wants them to have, what she didn't have. And I, I was just, I mean, usually these last like an hour, I was with her over two hours and, you know, we're both crying and, um, you were being a therapist too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
pretty much. So that's why I was like, you know, there are people struggling with this that don't, you know, and people who have had ADHD their whole life who are just finding out now in whatever age they're in and seeing that, that stress of like, oh my God, I forgot to pay my bill. Like I have the money. I make the money. I have the money, but I just keep forgetting to pay my bills. And now my credit score is going down or I'm getting late fees and I'm paying more money for things that I shouldn't be because my brain don't care, you know? Yeah. That, so, I mean, that's perfect. Thank you so much for bringing this up because I, I physically could not, like if I set up auto pay, that was a disaster because I wouldn't have enough money in the checking to, to, to pay so that then you get the parentheses around the, the check, like when you look at your thing. Yeah. So that happened all the time. I spoke with Jesse last night. He is brand new uh, to this podcast. So honestly, Jesse, I would like your thoughts first on finances. Oh, I need help. Uh, I was able to, you know, do pretty good whenever I was uh, younger, you know, uh, but what I used to do, um, I had a dry race board up on thing. I would write down, Every time I get a bill, I put a I put a pin up there because I torque board on the bottom. I put the bill up there and then I also write it and I write the date down just so I have something visual like a reminder, you know. Um, That's awesome. Now yeah. I wish I wish I, I mean I, I do that now uh, with little things, but it's like I'm so far behind on. Uh, yeah, I my thing is if I don't see it out of my account, like a credit card yeah. is like the worst decision like in in history for my ADHD because they're telling me, Oh, you have this limit. Okay. Well, I spend this and then they send me a bill for $5 Yeah, and I spent 800. Like, like what, I mean, how does that help the ADHD, (laughs) you know, brain, but thank you. It doesn't, it helps them. Right. That's the, that's the whole point. Um, Thank you, Jesse, very, very much. Let's go with grace because she seemed very enthusiastic about this. Uh, when I sent the email. (laughs) Okay. So I get to, you know, I get to share with you all a collective feeling that maybe you haven't felt in a bit, but, um, I'm recently unemployed. So I'm in, you know, that moment of panic almost, but like you are just like going towards the next goal that will get you the money, right? Like cannot panic, do not have time to panic, but inside screaming uh it's it's very much you know the the dog sipping coffee in the fire the 2020 meme um so besides that before um you know this happened kind of suddenly last week um i had finally been getting paid enough that i was able to look at my credit and things like that and i need to i actually need to move out of state back home and i can't find a place that will rent me because my credit is not good enough. Um, Apparently some things have, uh, like Jesse said, actually fallen off because it's been so long. I didn't even know that was a thing. It has been so long since I've checked my credit. So um, some of that stuff is actually falling off now and it it is going to be kind of under control soon. But the fact that I was like in a position to move, needing to move to help my mom, and I couldn't because of my credit score... And I, you know, like I've had a job and I've had a decent pay history for a few years now. And I've lived at the same apartment for over three years. Like I should have plenty of things I would think that would give me the rights to rent another apartment. Right. 
I, I don't understand that. Like, so maybe Terry, since you're in this business, you can explain like, why is it that in terms of renting or in terms of getting a loan or whatnot, you could have $200,000 a year coming in. But if there's like a, <laughs> you know, if your credit's not good, it's like, no, you're not approved for this 30 cents. Like I've never understood how that goes. So I, I do not understand why renting does. I mean, I could understand them wanting to find out from your previous landlord how you were on paying rent and everything, but I don't, I don't know how your other bills have anything to do. That's why I don't, I don't agree with um, landlords pulling credit for rental purposes. I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous that medical collections goes on your credit report um, sorry, you're about to get me fired up because like, no, and that's um, the whole thing the whole too, point. is like all of these are medical. They're all medical things. None of them at all should even have gone to collections because exactly. we're all struggling right now, man. Like all of us. Right. And they just right. don't seem to care. The collection agencies are just raking in the money right now. Yeah. Let me tell you. Terry's about to get pissed. This is going to be good. (laughs) Okay. So I, I don't anymore, but I used to decision loans, a credit union, not a bank. So it's a nonprofit financial institution, non-predatory. This is like the financial institution that cares about financial literacy and, um, making a way for people no matter what demographic, what financial situation, trying to get people to live their best life and, and not let the finances be the part holding them back. So I, when <laughs> I was the one who would be like, oh, I'm approving this. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care that there's like these couple things on here that, you know, everywhere says is bad. And, you know, you learn all the things that, you don't look at this. You don't look at that. And I'm like, I do not care about medical payments. I do not care about student loans. And if I see, I, I like the way I explain this to a girl I was training, I was like, I look for the green flags. Yes, there are some red flags. Like there, there are certain things that are, okay, let's see, can we make an exception for this? Cause it's outside the policy. But I'd be like, I look for the green flags. So I tell you right now, go to a credit union and cause you're, You'll get your loan. Okay. That okay. that makes sense. But Grace, so how I'm sorry that you're struggling with that right now. Like what I mean, is is it all the medical stuff? Yeah, so it's all been medical. I had my surgery last year <clears throat> and uh it's you know, just from like I, I reached my max out of pocket and it's just kind of what happens before a surgery. You have to get a bunch of like scans and things done, and it's just, you know, it kind of happens. And then on it, you know, as I was uh, unemployed at the end of last year and it just kind of happens very quickly. Um, <clears throat> so yes, I, I've, I've figured it out thankfully, but I've had to use notion, my favorite little online <laughs> software, uh, to organize and make all of the databases with all of my bills and all of my things. So I actually see stuff in a way that makes sense to me now. Um, and I've, I've spent hours and hours researching about credit and how to budget better. And the crux of the problem that I see every single time that I come into a budget is that they assume that your rent is supposed to be 30% of your yes, that Yes. I've never understood that either. And hello, I am single. 
I, that's not possible. Like that's just not possible for me unless I make $5,000 a month. And right. I don't know if anybody knows what, you know, the median wages in America, but it's like not close to $5,000. So, you know, um, I, I, I have, I have been getting paid a fairly wonderful wage the last few months. Um, however, they take so much out in taxes, especially because I'm in Oregon, they take out even more in state oh, taxes. Yes. They take out like a third of my income there. I'm like, so <laughs> how exactly am I ever supposed to get ahead here? I have to, I think between like, you know, 2,500 and 5,000, it doesn't even really make any sense because they take so much out in taxes that it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but I have opened up my first credit card and I've figured out how to use it safely. Good I'm for only you. using it for Disney plus. And, um, <laughs> and like, <laughs> sorry, one, that, that's fantastic. And like Kindle, I think my Kindle unlimited is like the only thing. Um, and then every now and then I'll get like some socks there and I just, I pay it off. Like as soon as it hits, I check it every day after I make the purchase. And, and they hate that. It. It, they hate that. That's what the credit card companies hate that. When Good. You pay it. It, like I, they, I kind they, of treat they it like a video it. game. <laughs> okay. So that's I, I, a, as soon as I get but, it. But that's a good tip. Like, that's a great tip is treat it like fuck the fucking credit card companies. They don't want me to pay this right now. So mm -hmm. I'm going to pay it right now. Yeah. And, I found out that if you do and, it right, you actually don't pay anything at all. And they just raise your no. credit score. And so I'm like, okay, well then fine. I just, I, I just pretend like I don't have $300 and it's gone. It's just gone now. Right. That doesn't even exist anymore. Kirk. I had to make, make a secure credit card. Of course, I had to give them $300 so that they would loan me $300, but you know. Right. So it's both, so both tips so far from Jesse and Grace have been seeing it, essentially, is whether it's a whiteboard or it's, it comes through and you pay it immediately, immediately it's visual. So that's, so we got two visuals here on, on seeing it, which I, I think is the, the biggest thing. Casey, what do you have to say on this one? It's been a major struggle my whole life. And part of that is, you know, it's, it's a generational poverty thing that, and now here I am doing the whole single mom thing again, but I've worked at it really hard and paying attention, setting reminders, whatever the heck I need to do, putting a sticky note on my forehead. I've done that before to get certain things done that since December, I managed to raise my credit score 60 points, but I've got to get my ducks in a row to be able to qualify to get the funding I need for the farm. <laughs> the, the long and short is, is it's going to end up being for my sons and myself are building a farm. We're all neurodivergent, all ADHD. Some with a slight touch of some autism stuff going on in there. And being it cooped up in an office or anywhere else is not the place for us to be. We just need to be outside and leave us the heck alone. Well, if it's green, I can make it grow. Always have, always will. And I did this experimentally about 15 years ago just to see if it was feasible and it worked fantastic. But that property is gone. That left in a divorce. So... <laughs> So now I've got to start all over from square one to get it up and rolling. The phase two part, the, you know, waiting on funding there is, I told you about it, but um, we want to put in 
like 10 or 12 little tiny houses and have what we call um, agritourism, where people come through, they get to see what's going on, but we can also have retreats. And I was like, we all just need to show up, have a camp out at my house and it will be good. <laughs> You're bringing ADHD people together is what is what's happening. Yeah. That's because you can't go there unless you have ADHD. Okay. So that's, you can't go to the <laughs> farm unless that happens. Uh, Casey, do you have any adv- advice or tips financial uh, for anyone out there? God, I wish I did. Other than, I know, me too. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I know they didn't teach us a, a whole bunch about that in school. Like when, when I went through school and I'm older than all of y'all. Oh my God. Anyway, um, we got basic U.S. government and economics and that sort of thing. And it was just really kind of up to your parents, I guess, to te- teach you how to do that stuff. Well, <laughs> my mom's got ADD. So we made it, but there was no plan of action of anything, you know. And so I've kind of had to flounder and swim and try and figure out how to make it work. But you have. And so it's. It's a, it's just that been I've had to try to read and learn and try to figure it out on my own, really, because you know I can't afford to have anybody come teach me how to do it. Yeah, and I remember go back to the just pay your bills. Well, well, no. Chica, what if there's not enough money there to pay those bills? <laughs> well, and also not only that, but like it, it's the ADHD thing. Finances are a delayed consequence. It's always a delayed consequence. And so, and and that's what hurts us the most, I think, is that it's not immediate. You don't see it right that second. It's a month down the road or a year down the road, Grace, for you with the medical things. Now, all of a sudden, but but we don't see that. We don't see the, you know, consequence coming down the road. We see what's happening right now. And that's, that's, I think, the biggest issue. Um, Thank you, Casey. That is excellent. I can't wait to stay in one of those cabins, like, immediately. Uh, (laughs) Kirk. You probably have some good insight on this. I have a feeling. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's. I wanted to jump in about ten times. I know. I, um, I, I, I could tell. I wanted you to wait just a little bit. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, yeah. One medical stuff is like our, the U.S. is really, really bad at actually taking care of people. But it is not. Is makes me angry. I could talk about it for a really, 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 really long time. Um, even even when I came back. Um, to start taking meds again about a year ago. Like I had taken Ritalin and Shotero for over a decade and I got, it took me two to three months for someone to be willing to prescribe me something. Um, so I'm paying over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to go see someone just for them to confirm something that they've known for 20 years. And I'm, I'm in, okay, I spent $200 and I had a five-minute five conversation. So I'm like, what, what did I just pay for? I have no idea. You know, then I go in somewhere else and then they say, uh, I don't know. I have no idea how to answer these questions. Uh, maybe we'll set up a follow-up. Uh, yeah, that'll be $300. I'm like, what? You just said, I don't know. That's all you said. Um, so, yeah, that's getting insurance figured out so that doesn't happen is really, really difficult. And a lot of ADHD people have trouble holding down normal jobs. So getting insurance is super, super difficult. A lot of us like to be entrepreneurs and blah, blah, blah. So then it's even harder to get insurance. To, and you have to remember all that stuff. You have to remember the steps. And then when you remember them, you have to like, like have to go do them. Um, so that cycle for someone who is ADHD is exhausting. Uh, 
I have gone everywhere from having really, really bad finances to really, really good finances. And I'm finally starting to get like, oh, hey, I'm good at this. Um, I, there, there was a point where I was living with a friend and friend's dad had a bad day and basically said like, hey, get out. I don't want you here. And I was on a moped and I had a backpack and no job. Like I've been there. And I've also been a thousand miles away from my family. But I've also been at the point probably where I am now where I can pay for pretty much everything I want to for two people by myself. Um, and, you know, we talked about auto pay, like auto pay is not, does not work for me because if auto pay happens, then suddenly I don't know where my money is. And that's, um, so I think, I think the weird, this is one of the weird benefits about being like addicted to my cell phone is that I'm always looking at, Hey, there's an app for everything. Okay, cool. There's an app. Oh, it's a score. It's a number. It's a game. Okay. I check my credit score. Oh, it's right here as well. Um, like all, everything, everything is right here all the time. My, you know, I know what my bank account is. I know when my bills are due. When I get an email telling me I missed a bill, I just go in and pay it on the app right now. Cause I clicked a link. Um, and I don't even get email notifications. I just look at my phone so much that I, I will see the email before the notification comes in just cause I'm constantly clicking stuff. So in a really weird way, something that's normally like a weakness, it has become a strength and, and finances. Um, and a couple of years ago, um, not a couple of years ago, like six or seven years ago, I was living in Chicago and it's insanely expensive. I had my car reboot. I was walking two hours to work. Um, like just to save money. I had no money. I still have that car now. It's almost completely paid off. I, I'm at the point where like I've got money invested in multiple places and none of that was, no one taught me to do that. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't pay anyone to teach me how to do that. That was just like, I'm here all the time anyway. I mean, the big thing is like, I made it a game and I had all this information in front of me. I was like, okay, might as well just go, go, go. Okay, cool. I got a number, follow that. Okay, cool. I got a, I got an email. It's not a good email, but it's okay. I click it. Now I pay for the thing. All right. There's a button here, button here, button here, button here, done. It's all paid for. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So then I put them all in the same folder. So like I have a folder in my phone that just says finances. So I check one. And the second I log out of that, my ADHD brain wants to find something anyways. I'm already in that folder. So I see, oh, there's another financial thing I haven't looked at. Oh, cool. Follow, 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 follow. Everything's done. That's actually, that's, that's incredibly smart. So right now we've got whiteboard visual, uh, grace visual, do it immediately. We have Casey who basically says whatever do do whatever works you have to learn it yourself and then we have you that makes it into a game yeah i've tricked so these are good things so far things that i need to see that right. is i've used the adhd crazy momentum to pull me into like oh yeah, yeah. there's this little square hit all the buttons it works. right that's awesome thank you kirk leo finances what you got buddy? oh uh, I, i've got a long history of um fucking up my finances. So, um, a, a lot to pull on here. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it, it was kind of interesting because, so one of the things that I did that was incredibly stupid was got out a ton of student loans because, um, I went to college and actually I had a, like, I had a full tuition scholarship when I started college, but then ADHD kicked in 
Um, and I had no idea how to deal with it because I had no idea that's what it was because I didn't figure that out until like, you know, the last year or two or, or, or so. Um, and so I ended up taking out all sorts of student loans. And um, I, I kind of was just, you know, kind of with, with a career as a software engineer, like I, I started off making pretty good money. Um, and, and essentially, I, I kept putting things off going like, eventually, I'll be able to pay for all of this. And, and I, I pushed off as much as I could for as long as I could, um, because I didn't care about it. And so I figured out how to pay the bills that I had. Um, while continuing to like go to school and, and using some of that to um, help prop up like so some of the other areas in terms of like paying for shit. Um, and, and so I ended up going back after I got my undergrad and I got a master's degree. Um, and I, I kept kind of moving along. And then, you know, the pandemic hit. And at this point, I had actually started working on a second master's degree because the, the federal loans that I had, because I had federal and uh, private loans. So I, I really completely fucked this up in all sorts of ways. Um, but the federal loans were coming due. And so I started going to school for a second master's just to stop half, like, so I wouldn't have to pay off the rest of the stuff. Um, which it, 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 at some point during the pandemic occurred to me that this is a really fucking stupid system. And, um, you know, may, maybe the, there's a better way. Um, and so that's actually what started me down the path of entrepreneurship because I was like, okay, my salary continues to like go up, but I'm really not like my lifestyle isn't really changing. Like I've got kids and they're expensive as shit. Um, and, and, you know, we, we make sure that they're taken care of and whatnot. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I, I make a, a good living. I, I should be able to pay for things fairly easily. Um, and I can't because like costs keep rising, you know, all of this stuff. Um, my credit score sucks because of, you know, issues I had in college and I'm, I'm still, um, suffering from that and, and i think that's the dumbest thing that, that you know we focus credit scores on like um past behavior when that doesn't necessarily dictate the future like especially you know if you look at earning potential and everything kind of typically going up over time um and so what i did is i kind of just started studying all sorts of, of finances i made myself finally care about it and, and this was you know i kind of realized i had adhd i kind of like started to piece together all the puzzle and so i said like i have to start caring about this um and essentially what i realized is like kind of living the the standard life that i thought i was supposed to live but you know going go to college get a good job yeah like that's all you need then you get a house with a white picket fence and you know two kids and a dog um you know, that, that's all a complete lie, um, mostly because of the way the economy is actually um, shifting. And I, I did a whole bunch of analysis and research on this, and it, it ended up leading down some very um, weird places. But I was finally starting to get my credit score back in order. Um, and then I quit my job in the middle of the pandemic and couldn't pay for anything, uh, mostly because I, I thought I was going to be able to, uh, you know, start a company and, and have it take off and, and do well. Um, which of course, you know, that that's not that easy. Um, so yeah, so then I just essentially tanked my credit score even more for like, you know, six or seven months, um, before getting a job and, um, starting to pull all of that back. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I've pretty much done everything really badly in, in terms of, of finances. Um, but I have learned enough now that I kind of see what the goal is. And I realized I kind of had to break everything down as far as I could in order to like build it back up to something that works. Um, and one of the reasons I did that during the pandemic was because I realized, okay, federal student loan payments are stopped. So I dropped out of that second master's program because I'm like, I'm just racking up like more. Damn more it. Things I, I was here. hoping you would have said you got the second master's. You could throw me one of those. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, like, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm about halfway through it, I think. Um, but it wasn't really like the thing is, you know, it, it wouldn't have done a whole lot to actually help anything. Um, and all of these systems are, are working against us, you know, between the, the, the banks and the credit card companies and the, the collections and the student loan, like all of them are trying to fuck us over. Um, and so, you know, from that standpoint, I was like, okay, we've, we've got to figure out how to do things differently. Like figuring out what it meant to be an entrepreneur and figuring out how to essentially take ownership of the work that you're doing. Um, and that, that's been a bit of a struggle trying to figure out how to do all of that. Cause one of the things I realized, you know, from, I spent, you know, my entire career in, in kind of corporate, um, you know, that that's the way they, they set it up for you. So, you know, the, the company takes care of the insurance and the company takes care of this and that. And, and so one of the things that was quickly uh, apparent to me when I, I left that was like, I have no idea how to do any of this shit or how to make any of it work. Um, the trick is, I, I think, to figure out something like you have, you have to figure out how to build out your assets. Basically, the economy is growing faster than, than, than wages. And so what you need to do is you need to figure out how to take ownership of that. But, you know, mostly I think one of the things that we need more of are, or we need people to understand that they can build out businesses online and we need to make it a lot easier because it's all way too complicated. Anybody can do it. But you need to figure out all the rules. You need to figure out like how to do it. And that is a daunting task. And it's all intentionally made difficult. The future of the internet being very much community-based. And I see a lot of potential for communities to do things like um, be able to provide loans and to be able to um, you know, help with, with health insurance and things like that to benefit by kind of grouping people together. And you, know, you pay like a, a certain rate. Um, based on the number of people you have involved, I, I think we need to simplify that whole process. But I also don't think the government is structured in a way that it's going to ever do that. And so we need to figure out alternative solutions. Um, and speaking of alternative solutions, there is something I found that has been helping me. Like what it is, it's, it's like this actually like financial education thing. Um, and it's set up to where you pay it like $10 a month for two years. And that actually reflects positively on your credit score. So they, they created this subscription thing about financial education that helps you build a credit score by giving you this like super low cost um, recurring payment that then helps you build credit. But yeah, I think, you know, getting to the point where you at least understand the systems, um, even when they are all terrible and they all fucking suck um, and they're all working against us, being able to understand that is the, the the battle that you can win. Um, and once you understand how the systems uh, function, then you can start playing the right game, at least. And that 
makes a huge difference. And, and, you know, my whole thing is I just, I never cared enough to, to bother to figure it all out. Um, and so I needed to force myself to care because all of a sudden I said, okay, well, I realized that like what I'm doing isn't working. Uh, you know, I'm following what I thought was kind of the, the, the trick to winning that game. And then I realized I'm playing the completely wrong game. So from that standpoint, it's figuring out the game that you need to play in order to get you to where you want to go. Um, and, and, you know, figuring out kind of that, that thing that, that you're driving toward that long-term goal that you can work toward um, has been really important for me too. Like trying to figure out where I want to get to um, because that helps me. Cause you know, since finances, you know, as you said, Lobau, which I thought was great that, you know, it's a delayed consequence, right? when you figure that out, then you can start saying, okay, well, if it's a delayed consequence, then I need to figure out a way to plan something in the future that makes me care about the stuff that I'm doing now. And so, okay, well, I'm building toward, you know, buying a house, I'm building toward, you know, buying a farm, what, you know, whatever it is, whatever your goal is, um, having that plan that you're, you're looking to, to, to make sure that you care about the, the rest of the stuff going on, um, and knowing what it's going to take to get there, um, that's what can really, I think, help you be successful. And, and that's what's helped me be somewhat successful, although in a very roundabout way. And I still am really bad and my credit score sucks. But um, at least I know why it sucks. <laughs> so I feel like it's something that I need to be better at in order to be like a good partner or like a, a viable partner because... I'm a risky partner if my credit score isn't good enough or if I have so much debt or you gotta it's be like, kidding me. Oh dude, yeah, part. of course. Because, so of your, because of your credit score, what does that There's have anything so to do? Much, I, I, I can't get a I can't get an apartment, bro. Like, right? Like there's so many things telling me that I'm not worthy of the things that life is supposed to give you like because of my money issues. And I think that like realize we, we kind of realize that as we learn about money and learn about how these systems don't really work for us, that like, it's a traumatic process to realize and like, and to realize that it's happened to your, your family and like, it's happened to everybody that you know. And it's just like this system that we're kind of stuck in. Um, like I, going over my finances as well. I, I realized that, um, like, it sounds like everybody else as well. Like my parents didn't teach me turns out my, um, my mom has been paying hundreds of dollars a month in overdraft fees for over 45 years, 45 yeah, years, that, the overdraft hundreds of dollars fee. a month. That's I what got me calculated out just like the minimum of what that would be. And that's a quarter million dollars. Jesus so, Christ. Right. Like, so see, okay, I, I don't see that. I my wasn't brain doesn't taught those things. Like, so I, t- I told my mom about it. And since she understand now I gave her just like a few basic tools and she's, she picked it up like that and is fine and hasn't had an overdraft fee in like four or five months. It's fantastic. But we don't, we aren't taught those things. And then well, once that's we're amazing. taught those things, we're screwed. That's amazing that you taught her that though. That's amazing that she listened. Well, that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say something real quick. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I just want to, um, when you're talking about like the whole overdraft thing, um, I remember, um, you know, that they would actually wait to transfer. Like I would have bills like lined up to be paid, taken off my debit card. And like they wouldn't get in, they wouldn't transfer the actual payment till like I had already spent more, you know, more money to where it would overdraft the account with the banks. Um, 
you know, so that way the bank can make money. Um, and you also said about like, you know, the, the tax and everything. I lived in Pennsylvania for, you know, the past 20 years. Um, and uh, they also take a bunch of state taxes out. Um, you actually pay, it's called a privilege to work tax. You pay that every year. And I think it's like $52 just for you having a job and paying taxes. A privilege to work tax? Yes, yes. The system is so fucked. The uh, fuck is everything? It? It's Pennsylvania. It's the Commonwealth. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's very corrupt up there. Um, not only with that, I'm actually having trouble. I haven't, I haven't gotten. I was supposed to get uh, my income taxes. Um, you know, I filed for them in January, but since um, they're from another state, and I, you know, uh, they're holding them in the IRS. I've tried to contact the IRS, and I did collect some of that pandemic unemployment money, um, and uh, they want me to re-verify my ID through ID me, even though like I've what? been verified already. Like, how do you? I'm not, I can't, won't let me verify again, and they're, they're just bouncing me around all over the place. Um, and it's impossible to get the IRS. And every time you call, they say, "Wait till the next person," and then uh, it'll ring for like a couple a minute, and then it'll say, "Oh, all of our operators are busy. Call back another time." You know? Yeah, and ADHD people are going to call back, right? Yeah, because that's yeah. what happens. You know, and they want you to call. They want you to call when everyone else is, you know, when you're working too, because most people work, you know, nine to five. You know what I mean? That's what the time that their offices are open. So, Terry and Kirk, y'all seem to have like. A, a, a Terry, you work in this industry. Like, is there a way to help here? First thing I want to say is grace. Um, I think what makes a risky partner is one that can't accept you and help you grow and be willing to do work with you and pitch in and help teach you if they know things. If So you're not a risky partner. You are worthy. And I say, fuck any partner. That's not a partner. Right. On that note, I do have to take off uh, no, for my son's soccer game. Yeah. But, oh, oh uh, uh, okay. You have five seconds. What are you most proud of? Uh, okay. Okay. What am I most proud of? I am most proud of helping Lobau start monetizing his content um, and launch his patreon page because again this is me fighting the system by giving ammo to the 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 individual creators giving ammo to the people to start like just building their own systems he's he's helping me fight fight my own heart it's great it's going really well yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank you leo all right take care everyone great seeing everyone This is a good time to bring in a video from Raw Creature. She was unable to attend, but sent a short video on the topic of ADHD and finances. And we thank her very much for doing so. So here goes. Hi, everybody. I'm sorry I couldn't be here. Um, Lobo, you're awesome. So this is the one thing that I do that helps me manage my money is I have several different bank accounts. And I make sure because I remember always growing up that I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to have enough money to pay this. I don't want to spend this amount of money. Whereas I know some people with ADHD are like, money, spend it. Um, I hide money from myself. Um, I take my my mortgage payment and I split it into two paychecks. Half half now, half when I actually pay the bill. Um, I make sure that I look ahead on my calendar and I take all the money that I know I'm going to have to pay and then I hide it from myself so that 
when I do things like food shopping, which I'm not great on a budget at, um, when I have the free money per se, that is the money that remains in my checking account, which is only on my debit card. Now, I do have a credit card and it is for absolute emergencies only. It doesn't stay on me. It is not used very often. It's for things like, hey, my car broke and I need to fix it. Um, and I use it very, very sparingly because I did get into credit card debt really, really bad in my younger years. So that's the best advice I have is being able to just be, be honest with yourself, sit and hide, hide money. Um, put it into another bank account so that you know with whatever you have on your debit card or whatever you use is money that you can freely spend and still have the money for your bills. Uh, other than that, I don't really have any other advice. I, I just, I try really hard not to, it's an active everyday thing to, to not spend all my money all the time. It, it's super difficult, but love all you guys. Um, I hope you have a great podcast and Lobao, you rock. I think it's time for what we are most proud of. However, does anyone have anything else to say about finances? We've gotten really good tips. We have a professional in the industry. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's a drag. Like, it sucks, and it's not our fault that we suck at it. That's my biggest have, thing. It really isn't. I, like, it's not well, our fault. I kind of did what Kirk did with the, the folder just by accident because I started putting all of my apps that I use into one cluster so that I can go back and forth between the two of them. And that works out really good. The other thing yeah, I do that too, that I've kind of stumbled on that actually kind of freaking works is like, for example, using our farm thing as the plan, I look at a to B and ignore the bullshit in the middle. So I take B where I'm wanting to go and reverse engineer it. Okay, this is where we need to be. Where do I need to start? What's in the way and tackle those hurdles one one at a time. So it's just backwards maybe, but that's how I do it. Well, that's how we all do it, which is what makes us awesome because it eventually <laughs> works. Yeah. It, it eventually will work. Well, like one thing that I learned and then look at when I'm doing financial counseling is, which by the way, when I was told I was going to get certified for financial counseling, I was like, are you, are you guys sure? Like, I like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, but it actually, it was helpful for myself, like learning this stuff. And then as I, you know, there are things like, there are some people that they come in and I'm like, you're a you're probably a step above what I could do for you. Like I help people that are struggling, like struggling, struggling. And that's, and that's what I want to do. I don't want to take it any step further than that because like, I want to make sure everybody has that starting point as opposed to then working on the next steps with investing and wealth management. But oh, I went on a tangent there. Um, so one of the things is you kind of look at what were the cultural norms of each person or the, you know, how did they grow up? What was the 
talk around money growing up, what were the finances of the parents? And I think everybody pretty much agrees. None of our parents taught us anything. Um, but then there's also like, what, like what situations did you grow up? Like Casey, you said generational poverty and everything. So that's like, you know, for example, my parents were divorced when I was like three years old. Um, my father's an alcoholic and you know, my mom, single mother trying to put herself through school to, to get a better paying job and take care of two little kids. Uh, I have an older sister, a couple years older than me. And, um, even though she never said anything, like I literally cannot remember her ever saying either to us or to somebody else that I would overhear or making us feel this way. But I just always kind of had that awareness that money was scarce. And like, I remember, you know, going out to eat and like looking at the prices on the menu before I would even look at what the food was to try and like be, get the cheapest thing. Um, and like I used to, if I had like any change or dollars or anything, I would sneak into my mom's room and go into her hamper and put that money in her jeans pocket so that when she did the laundry, she'd be like, oh, there's money, which I mean, obviously oh, like it couldn't have amounted to that's really That's like the anyone. most noble thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Sorry. I love that. <laughs> oh, thanks. I thought it kind of made me nerdy, but <laughs> um so I just, so it's just things like that, like your, your mindset around money, how you grew up, what was the conversation or lack of conversation? What was the energy about it? And like, I, like, I remember, like I saw myself as an expense, as a burden, not that. And like I said, not that my mom had ever said or done anything for me to feel that way. And I don't know if it's just in six the ADHD sixth sense or something like that. Like I just have always been so aware of that and always trying to make myself less, less of a problem, less of an expense. You know, like I, I just want, I, I want the cheapest thing. Just give me the cheapest thing. I don't need, I don't need the party. I don't need the cake, you know, whatever. Um, so then I look at that with other people too. So that's something for every, that, I mean, I guess that's a tip in itself. Like look at, how you grew up, like what was the thing around money? Um, but, um, a struggle that I had that, that wasn't my struggle. That was just whatever. That was just my life, I guess. Um, so a couple years ago, I called off my wedding and canceled it. And when I was planning it, I got really good at putting certain amount of money every single time I got paid this money went in here. This money went in here. I'm not pulling it for anything else. I didn't spend too much money so that I would pull from the savings. I got so good at it. Um, then, you know, I called off the wedding and, uh, you know, emotions. And when you're emotional, and this is before I knew I had ADHD, so it was unmedicated. Didn't know, didn't go into therapy or anything. So I just spent I was, um, I was in treat yourself mode. I, and I don't even know what I got for it. I'm just like, I, I got, I got a couple things from target. Like what, where did this go? I don't even know. And then it, it was actually a few months after that, that they told me I was going to get certified for financial counseling. I'm like, I think I need financial counseling. I'm not sure, but 
you know, and that kind of comes to another tip that I have. Um, so if maybe spending is an issue, maybe not so much the spending part of it, but just the budgeting and being like, not understanding how am I out of money again? Like I should have enough money to cover these things. Um, I would say, look at how you feel when you're spending money or, you know, you, in the moment you're, you might not remember, but you know, if it's a few days later and you're looking at this thing that you just bought and you're just thinking how, like, how did you feel when you purchased that? Because that might give you insight into something. So like, I am like, I need to go walk around the stores. I'm, I'm really not like an online shopper. Like I need to feel it. I need to see it. I need to experience it. And I got to bring it home right now. So I, I, I don't have the issue with online shopping, but I will go walk around and like pick up stuff and then waiting in line. I don't know. I buy all the crap that's in line. Um, but if you kind of look at like what you're feeling when you're spending the money that, that kind of helps too. And, you know, sometimes that, that isn't even an issue. The spending of money isn't an issue. The paying bills on time isn't an issue. It's just a fact of there is not enough money to pay for me to live right now. And unfortunately, the only tip that I have for that is, um, Kurt's tip about find a way to screw over the screw over corporation, not corporate, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those. No, you were right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Grace, Grace is all fired up. I, I, I didn't expect this conversation to be so like fiery in terms of people hating the whole country and the systems and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love it. I love it now. Uh, but I think, I mean, I've learned a lot from Jesse's dry erase board, the whiteboard that, that right there resonated right, right there. If I were to write down on a dry erase board on my door, what I have spent money on, God damn, that, that, that would be, I'd be embarrassed every day, but embarrassed enough to fucking fix it. This has been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Um, What are you most proud of? And I am going to not call on Kirk first, like he thinks that I'm probably going to do. I did, I I, did. I I am going to call on Casey first. This whole, ever, ever since spring break, my job has been a shit show and just trying to hang on without going to jail has been interesting. (laughs) So today I took today off because my daughter had an all day track meet and sat in the bleachers and watched kids and had a blast and probably got cooked. But I'm just proud of my, my mental state and my worthiness did not make me go to work today when I had the hours to go and watch my daughter. (laughs) Absolutely. That's awesome. So you are proud of the fact that you could have fun, which a lot of us struggle to accept that for some reason. <laughs> I've never understood it, but that's awesome. That is fantastic. Jesse, what are you most proud of? I know we just spoke last night, but yeah. you got you to gotta yeah. go with a different one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. And, uh, you know, talking about finances and stuff like that, and, you, you know, we've talked about you know, some of the things I'm dealing with right now. 
Um, but I have to say for being uh, so versatile and being able to adapt and uh, just still have that drive to keep going forward, you know what I mean? Even though, you know, things, uh, I, I, I still, um, I'm still able to have that motivation, have that determination to uh, push forward um, and not let it um, break me, you know, break me down. God, I love that. Uh, let's go with Grace. What are you most proud of? I, I feel like I don't know how to put it into words. I have not completely lost my mind or gone into like risky behaviors, even though I am unemployed. That is uh, massive. I, I'm very proud of myself that I have not like completely freaked out and like lost my sense of everything. I've just been using that energy to like organize and make lists and try to like think of the things that didn't work in the last job so I can try to avoid them in the future and like actually just focus all of this energy into something. You know how hard that is to do, Grace? That That is fucking amazing. Thank you. That's why I didn't know how to put it into words because it feels no, like no, no, no. It, 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 it makes sense to all of us. Once, it it uh, makes yeah. sense to all of us because, of course, first thing, need money, risky behavior. Let, let's do what the instant. That is unbelievable. Kirk, what do hey. we have? Um, this has been. Um, I feel like one of the toughest parts of. My, the last, I mean, maybe the last year um, is even though I've like got back on like medication and um, I'm part of a community now, which is cool too. Um, but like figuring out and really diving into my own mental health has been really hard, like really, really hard. Um, trying new things, working with working with someone who's going to push me, like it is, it's a challenge sometimes. Um, and, and I had like a rough, rough, like month. It just here, like I was uh, out, out of my own body. I wasn't doing anything. I felt like there was days at work I'd go there and I'd just go. And, and still like, I swear I was working with customers while I was doing that. Like I'm on my, whatever was happening here was on autopilot because whatever behind that was just dead. No movement. No, I had to like shake myself back into reality every once in a while. Um, and, and it's hard to go, okay, I need to observe what happened today. And, you know, I need to figure out why and talk to someone about it and try to figure it out and try to implement changes. And like, how am I treating my body? How much am I getting outside? How much am I like, and that's, so it's like all these things that I'm supposed to be doing. And if I'm not doing them I'm harder on myself, which is one of the things I'm not supposed to be doing. Um, so it, it's a weird cycle to get out of. And I think one of the important things is to be proud of myself for, you know, changing and being in a good cycle, whether it's weird or uncomfortable, or there's, you know, going to be days where it's staring outer space. But the fact that I'm challenging that and bringing that up to people and, and working on it, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm, yeah, I'm proud of well, you should be that continually. You should be. Uh, Terry, what are you most proud of? Well, Kurt, I could completely understand what you're saying with brain, like 
trying to improve and, and it just, it, it just sucking. And you're like, why, what did I really need to improve myself? Like, do I really want to be better? Can I, can I just be an asshole? Like things were fine then, well, it, right? You, you can, it's just <laughs> in doses. <laughs> I know. Um, so I, I, uh, I've been having a hard time. I, I, I write, I try to write something every single morning of what I am proud of myself for. Uh, as long as they're really stupid, they are so stupid. Like I, I can't even give examples of what they are. Cause they're just so deep within my psyche, but my God, I get out of bed every day. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I've been having a very hard time mentally, emotionally addressing things. Um, and I do not know how to ask for help. I, I do not know. Like, I, somebody will say, like, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. And, you know, half an hour into the conversation, like at therapy, and he's like, well, you told me that you were fine, but like your body language, he's like, your body language gives you away. I'm like, I am never going to say I am not fine. Like, I'm never going to be like, I'm not good because there, there are so many fantastic things going on in my life. There are so many good people in my life and it could be so much worse. So like, when it comes to verbalizing, I'm like, I, I, I can't say that like, Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm, well, you know, I'm feeling whatever. I don't know. But I guess what I'm proud of myself for is I have asked for help. Um, just support, um, friendship. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want to scare anyone. I'm not like, I'm not like bad. I just, um, there's a certain loneliness, no matter the people you have around you, how many people, how, how great of people, but there's a certain loneliness when you are addressing things that nobody else has experienced. So, um, that's been the fucking toughest thing ever. But I found that kind of sharing that with certain people has been very helpful. And I may have underestimated their ability to understand and empathize with me. So I'm proud of myself for asking for help and sharing absolutely things I needed to, to talk about. So that's, kind of like the hardest thing anyone could ever do, especially <clears throat> people with ADHD, excuse me, is we don't like asking for help. We want to be the ones that help. <clears throat> we don't want to be the ones that say, hey, please help me. Like that, that just never happens. Um, so what I am the most proud of with a grain of salt is I started a Patreon page that Leo was helping me with and I am monetizing some of my content now, 
I am proud that I was able to say that like I am worth more than doing this for free. But everything that I've done. Now we just got to get that nasty taste out of your mouth when you say it. I want to throw up (laughs) everywhere. Every five seconds, I want to puke. It's just, it's. I am damn proud of myself for this. Is that I followed through with. So like within 24 hours, I had someone sign up for the top thing, of course, which is the most work you have to, you know, you have to do. But then someone else signed up for the top thing. And then someone else signed up for the top thing. So I have been making these videos. And uh, ter- Terry, I, I, I hate to call you out on this. Terry supported me the first 30 minutes. And I was like, holy shit. Now I really got to fucking do that. Like this, <laughs> like this is for real. But it's, I am so proud of what I have been putting out there for those top two. I mean, is it not like it's way Amazing. more detailed than any anything else and i'm i'm proud of it i think the content's the best i've ever done so i and i've had fun doing it and i can also use that content later for other things when i need an idea so it's not just you know i'm proud of myself for 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 doing it yes it's It's great it's real and raw and like it's extremely detailed (laughs) uh thank y'all very much for doing this jesse I'm so proud of you for coming on this after you just came on the oh, show man. last night oh, till man. you know. <laughs> hey man. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm just happy to be a part of something, man, uh, to be honest with you. Because, um, like, I moved away. I, I'm not, all my family's up in Pennsylvania. I don't have you know, no family down here. Um, well, you've got family here. So yeah, yeah, I know, that's, I know. That, that's that's what I feel. I feel the love, the uh, passion. Um, that's the one consistent theme. I'm tired of people not feeling good about themselves at all. Yeah. I'm so tired of that. So, anyways, it's been wonderful Friday. Uh, <laughs> y'all have a great one. Thank you, Terry, for bringing up this topic. And love y'all. I'll talk to you soon. What is your profession? <laughs> If you would like to watch this episode completely unedited and in its entirety, please join my Patreon page. It's got a lot of really useful information in it. Simply click on support the show in the episode's description. I would be honored.